Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. Christmas is coming fast. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Kingdom Culture Conversations. Today is Wednesday, December 20th, and we are back again on a What About Wednesday. Two weeks ago, we had a chance to talk about St. Nicholas and punching people in the face and uh, and giving dowries and uh, don't call your wife Santa Claus and um, all those situations. But we had uh, a guest host with us, Mr. J.T. Barnes. He's back with us again. Yeah, grateful to be back. It was fun last time, and I'm excited for this conversation. Glad you are here, and it's December 20th. Kids are off for, for a break now. Yeah, hopefully um, getting some good rest and yeah. And you have uh, you heading over to San Diego when? Yeah, we'll be leaving uh, just right after Christmas to spend a few days with uh, family and enjoy a little time off ourselves. Good for you. Yeah. And will your sister go over to um, Thanksgiving or to uh, Christmas uh, San Diego earlier than you? Or uh... yeah, she'll shoot out a little bit earlier, okay. um, and uh, and then we'll, we'll meet her out there, which will be great. Yeah, just if you're a, a, a part of NCS, uh, you know that uh, Mr. Barnes, his wife, is Holly Barnes. Again, we talked about her. her got a baby in her tummy, and she's our marketing coordinator, marketing director. And yep. uh, uh, Mr. Barnes' sister uh, is our uh, sixth grade social studies teacher. Yeah, sixth grade social studies teacher. And your cousin, Mr. Jackson Green. Yep, he teaches is, eighth grade math. He teaches eighth grade math, and he is betrothed, engaged to our high school art teacher, Miss Danielle Corey. Yep. And it was so, actually, this is a fun fact, she was the maid of honor in our wedding. So yeah. all the fun little connections. Very sweet connections. Yep. And of course, Holly and Danielle, I, I taught them and grew up and loved them a lot and really yep. fun. So she'll be your cousin-in-law. How awesome is that? Your cousin-in-law. It's yeah. really awesome. So great. And uh, Robbie, will you head up to uh, uh, we, Kingman? Is that where you're from? No, I'm I, not from Kingman. Sorry. I, you're a little <laughs> place up north. I'm so sorry. I'm from Pine. 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 Oh, yeah. Pine. That's yeah, not a, nice. that's not not a militia like capital Kingman. or anything. No, no, no. no yeah, no. that's yeah. right. Okay. You're from Pine. I okay. Am, yeah. So will your mom be in town and will she- uh... Yeah, my mom, everyone lives down here now. So nobody oh, lives up there. So yeah, okay. my grandparents were the last ones and they moved down a couple years ago. So okay. we're all down here. Yep. And everyone's coming over to my house this year. So my sister okay. will come up from Tucson. My brother's coming over. Uncles, aunts, everybody. Okay. We can talk offline, but there was somebody from, from Southwestern College that was from one of those, he called it the militia capital of the world. I, I from Kingman? Yeah, I, I, from Kingman. I so, uh, um, But we are uh, here today to talk about some what could appear as a contradiction. Um, but before we get to that, can I just, uh, again, uh, Robbie, we've, we've talked about the conferences. You have a lot of, uh, of, of resources on str.org, mm-hmm. and uh, including some great recent articles about the crucifixion. Um, what other kind of resources do you have at str.org? The, so there's tons of articles on like any topic you would want. So if people just go on there and search, it's there. I mean, because there's 30 years worth of stuff it's so uh, great. On, on our database. So tons of podcasts, tons of articles. We have 21 um, online courses on apologetics that are free for anyone to take. Um, so tons and tons of resources on there. Everything's free. So yeah, str.org, that's the, uh, that's the place to go. That's TR.org, and uh, and again, we'll, we'll mention it. He won't, but uh, there is places to to support yep. uh, Robbie Lashua and just STR and the great work they're doing. I'm still 
blown away. There was 4,000 high school students in Minnesota yeah. um, a little bit ago. That's that's that amazing. Crazy? The appetite is is big. Yeah, and and kids want to know why they believe what they believe. Gen Z wants to know. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, it's it's just a great opportunity to pour into people and help them to see. Like one of my goals with all of this is like low level goal is just help Christians know. Oh, there are answers. Yeah. Like if they just understand that. That's a huge win for us. But a lot of times, especially students think, oh, there's no answers to my hard questions. Yes, there are. Some old dead dude 500 years ago wrote that question down and figured it out. And we just we have to know where to go look. And so that's that's the thing. I just want to help connect the dots for kids to know where to go and how to find answers. There is a, a, a strong opportunity for that connection between the old liturgical churches mm-hmm. and some of the new, we would say, non-denominational churches that, that don't have a catechism class yep, that's or right. don't have a, a confirmation class. And uh, um, I grew up in the Lutheran tradition, um, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and we had to go to confirmation in junior high. And, and really all it was was to cement what we believed as, as Lutherans. Yeah, that's great. And uh, it was. And, and what, there's some of that stuff I still <laughs> adhere to, but um, I had answers as a, as a young person. And, uh, some people don't have those answers. So, um, today's question was a tongue in cheek question from a student, but, um, we'd like to discuss it as it became more interesting. In first Timothy chapter one, Paul specifically asked Timothy to remain in Ephesus in order to combat inaccurate doctrines. He gives two specific issues that are impacting the Ephesians due to false teachers within Ephesus. One myths and two, genealogies. In this context, myths are traditions not found in scriptures, which add to or contradict biblical teaching. Not all traditions are bad, but those that conflict with God's word certainly are. Discussing these myths is one thing, but far worse to be devoted to them. The idea of genealogies connects pharisaical tradition. Jewish religious leaders prided themselves on having a family heritage connected to Abraham or some other important Jewish forefather. Genealogies are important in scripture, but not part of making a person more holy in the eyes of God. In Christ, Jews and Gentiles who believed became one family based on the work of Jesus rather than the works of the law. This is why Paul could write as he was a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So some questions from this, why do Matthew and Luke use genealogies? Well, because Paul wrote this later. They didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't read Paul. They couldn't see the future. (laughs) Sorry. No, I appreciate that. Well, you got to look at what he says, though, in 1 Timothy, right? Yeah. He tells them, because there's these these dudes in Ephesus teaching bad doctrine. He says that certain men uh, instruct them not to teach strange doctrine, he says in verse 3, nor pay attention to myths. And then he says, and endless genealogies, which gives rise to mere speculation. Um, so there were people in there consumed with things that don't matter. And when Paul writes about, so genealogy is really important to Jews because you got to show which tribe you're from. Really important to know that the Messiah comes from the tribe of, of Judah, comes from the line of David. He has to. Right. But um, by the time Jesus comes, now Paul writes, you know, in Galatians, like there's no Jew, no Gentile, like in Christ, he's the fulfillment of all that. So there's no need to speculate about all of those things now in the church age. However, really important we know Jesus came from the line of David. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that's just a like, simple answer. Yeah, and, and JT, you were a Bible teacher here. I was too, and kids yeah. would come up to me, and, and we, we'd start reading um, 
the Bible and they, yeah. well, why, why is that in there? What would you tell a, a kid? So why do we have these um, genealogies? Yeah, I think, uh, I, I mean, when kids ask this, I, I always go back to, I mean, the context matters so much. It matters so much. Um, when we just draw from our own perspective right now, we're missing a huge piece. I had a professor tell me um, in, in one of the classes I was taking, this was great advice. He said, when you're reading Paul's letters, you're reading one side of someone else's mail from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And it's really yeah. good mail and it's really important information, but we have to do the hard work of understanding what and who and, and, and in what context Paul is communicating. Um, and so I, I loved as a Bible teacher, like I said, I loved digging in and doing the hard work with students. Like Robbie mentioned earlier, kids really actually desire to know answers. They, they, they think that there is truth out there and they want to know. Um, but for stuff like this, you have to do the, the hard work. And so, um, to answer your question, looking at, at Matthew and Luke's genealogy, um, they're making a critical point about who the person of Jesus Christ is um, to the, the people that they're writing to. They're, mm-hmm. they're also writing to a group of people. Um, and, and Paul is making a different point. And so what are those points? What's that background? What's that context? Those are the answers or uh, the questions we're going to want to answer. That's great. Yeah. And Robbie, do you have any clue what these myths might have been in, in First Timothy when Paul's warning against? <clears throat> so, okay, so First Timothy is written later in Paul's ministry, right? Mm-hmm. So it's some of the later epistles he wrote. Second Timothy's probably the last one he wrote. They say it's probably his last. Yeah, yeah. so um, at that time there was all this... Um, well, there's Gnosticism kind of rising up. We see that in First John as well. But um, also, there were all of these um, um, Roman military uh, um, uh, mythology religions coming about, secret religions. Like um, Mithras was one that they would, and, and they called them mystery religions because it was kind of like you got to be initiated and we don't really talk about it. And that's one of the things people always claim, like everything the mystery religions did it, but we don't know anything about them because they're secretive <laughs> we don't we don't know much yeah, you know? Yeah. we find a few things here and there so there was a lot of that and then ephesus was an important town that was a big deal for port city and for trade and there are all these people coming in plus not to mention the the temple of artemis was there yeah. which is humongous one of the seven wonders of the world and they right. worship her so there's all this myth there there's all this right. fa- false story there and so you see a lot of times that there's a syncretism in the churches, you know, Paul talks about that with the Corinthians. You're not just adopting Christian things and doing what you used to do as pagan Corinthians. Stop getting yeah. drunk at communion. Don't, that's not what. It's not what this is about. Yeah. And so I think there's a factor of that there as well in Ephesus that they were blending and syncretizing those things. So that makes sense with again the context, JT, of, of understanding what you said again, Robbie. That we needed to know this. Yeah, we need to know where Jesus came from. So the genealogy might be different. Um, would they be arguing about genealogies in, in, in this in Ephesus? Is that something why he's telling them to stop it? Yeah, uh, of course they're they're doing it. That's why he's telling them to stop it, yeah. right? But yeah. oh yeah, think, they are. But why would they? I don't be? think they're arguing about Jesus' genealogies. Okay, I think they're arguing about their genealogies. Yeah, like I'm an important person because I'm Roger. from this, from this, from this, okay. from this. Where how crazy is that? Because Jesus' brother. Right. God doesn't show partiality. Yeah. We don't show partiality. I mean, this church was messed up, which is why Timothy got sent there to straighten it up. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of problems going on in Ephesus with the church leadership, which is why he was sent to to literally set up new elders. Yeah. I when I think about what you said with the the Roman um, influence, I I know say what I know. It's not research based. It's just kind of tradition. What I've heard like a Christmas tree. 
mm. was not really a, a Jesus thing, right? It was kind of, was it something maybe they used in a, in a different religion to kind of bring in? Maybe. I mean, there's different ideas on that stuff that, you know, people say, oh, Christian, Christians just took all this pagan stuff and changed yes. it. And, and maybe there's some truth to that with certain things, but not with everything. Like people try to claim. Yeah. There's, there's different stories basically yeah. know, on that. So I don't know. I don't know if I would say maybe the Christmas tree is. I don't know. Yeah, I've I've heard some things. I, I obviously more of it relates to Easter with spring and, sure. and and rabbits. Not that we celebrate rabbits in the church, but um, <laughs> at the end of the day, I on on that I just I I love my Christmas tree. Yeah, and uh, and God and, made and, it. And yeah, and I, I know there wasn't some Bible verse about putting ornaments on the Christmas tree. Um, no. but, uh, it is just beautiful and it does remind, give me a chance to reflect. And There's also no Bible verse about brushing your teeth. Exactly. And you're right. <laughs> you're right. I mean, and we so. all did that this morning. Um, well, hopefully. And hopefully I, I, I think Christmas ornaments are, are, it was, it was fun. I, I was looking at my tree and um, there's a ornament on my wife's snowman tree. She has a tree just to give the snowman and there's a little, uh, hand crocheted snowman. And on the back it says FG 80. And it was my, my grandma made that for me, Fran Gardner, in 1980. Mm-hmm. And so it's really kind mm-hmm. of a, it, uh, to me, the, the Christmas uh, tree just brings back some of these great memories. But back to the genealogies and, and uh, sorry, we could just have rabbits trails because I love this season. And, but why are Matthew and Luke's genealogies, genealogies different? Oh, this is so much fun. Mm-hmm. I love this question. Okay. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Um, you got a couple of problems. If if you first of all, they they list them differently. One starts way back and goes forward. One starts in the present and goes backward. Mm-hmm. But if you if you parse them out and you compare them with each other, you do have a really big problem. Um, a couple of big problems. Okay. Um, the first is that, um, and I think n- nobody ever talks about this. Matthew's um, genealogy claims that Jesus came from the line of this guy named Jeconiah. Who cares, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, what does that matter? But nobody names their kid Jeconiah. Nobody does. A lot of Davids. And this is why, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. So this is what's crazy. So Jeconiah is an ancestor of David. So Okay, so that's good because yeah. Jesus is said Same line. To com- he has to come through David. He has to come through Judah. So we got these markers in the Old Testament. Um, so Jeconiah is okay, but the problem becomes in Jeremiah... Jeconiah gets cursed. Jeremiah twenty two thirty 30 uh, says this, thus says the Lord, write this man down childless, a man who will not prosper in his days for no man of his descendants will prosper sitting on the throne of David or ruling again in Judah. Wait a second. <laughs> Jesus is supposed to sit on the throne and reign. This is a problem. Yeah, right. Jeconiah, oh man, like how does this make sense, right? God was so upset with Jeconiah's wickedness that he says, write him down childless. He's not going to have a lineage and his descendants won't sit on the throne. But Matthew says, oh, Jesus is a descendant of Jeconiah. Did Matthew just like miss this? Did he not know what Jeremiah said, right? That's a, a huge problem. But then there's a second problem. With, wow. these, with these genealogies. When you compare Matthew and Luke's genealogies, there seems to be big mistakes because they don't match. Now, the match from Abraham to David, that's okay. perfect. But they don't match from David to Jesus. Um, not, e- not even close. And I'm not going to rehash it. People okay. can go look. But it's not even close. Some people try to say, well, this guy had a nickname. And it's like, no, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do can't that. can't get there. Specifically... It says in Luke's genealogies that David had Nathan, and then that's where Jesus came through, David's son Nathan. Matthew says David came through Solomon. 
So, I mean, right off the bat, they're we different, got, yeah. right? You see, yeah. you, see, you see the issue. So why don't they match up, and why wasn't this a problem? Because it's not like they didn't know um, each other, and, and why didn't somebody fix it later, if, yeah. right? So we need a solution that can account for the differences, um, still having David be Jesus' uh, ancestor, and what's the deal with uh, Jeconiah, <laughs> right? That's what, so it's a real problem. Um, so I'll tell your students, on this, just go on this, what figure about that Wednesday? Out. Yeah. What about Jeconiah? What about Jeconiah? Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is the key, I think, to solving the whole problem. All right. And Good. it's found at the beginning <laughs> of Luke's genealogy. Okay. Um, and in Luke one twenty three, it says this, when he began his ministry, Jesus himself was about 30 years of age being as was supposed the son of Joseph, the son of Eli. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we know Jesus is bir- virgin birth. He's not really the son of Joseph, but Luke specifically points out, as was supposed, the mm-hmm. son of Joseph, the son of Eli. That was his earthly dad, his stepdad in a sense, right? right. Okay, so Jesus not being the son of Joseph is important for this because Jesus was born of Mary. Jesus has no earthly father. So this is the solution I think makes the most sense. Matthew is giving Jesus legal paternal genealogy through Joseph, his legal dad. Luke is giving Jesus literal physical materni- maternal genealogy through his physical mom. Mm. I think that's mm. what's going on. Yeah, um, That's what makes sense of the differences. What's crazy is physically Jesus is related to David, and legally, he's related to wow. David wow. on both sides. They're both from the tribe of Judah. It, it works both ways. This solution also accounts for the whole uh, Jeconiah problem because Jeconiah is mentioned on the legal side in Matthews. Jesus isn't physically related to Jeconiah. Hmm. It's only the legal, right? So the genealogy from David to Jesus is different, which actually takes care of the Jeconiah problem because he doesn't physically have a descendant who'll sit on the throne oh, yeah. because it came through a different uh, different lineage. That's awesome. It's crazy, yeah. right? It's really great. The Bible is yeah. the Bible's amazing. So. Well, see, I had I had like my third grade answer. I had heard that I had kind of known that one of them was Joseph's and one was Mary's. Yeah. Um, I'd never really done much research in the Jeconiah and the, and the names. I, mm-hmm. I'm kind of a simple, like, yeah. I don't know. It's got to work out somehow. And there's people like my friend Robbie that right. will help well, me figure and, it out. And the reason we think Luke's is Mary's, because this is kind of important. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, so Matthew's written to the Jews. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's his audience. So going back to what you said about context, it's right. really important. Who's the audience? Totally Jewish. The Jewish. All about, yeah. King of the big Jews. Big time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Luke is a doctor. Remember that. So he's all about physicality stuff. Yeah. And you can tell that from how he writes Details. Things. Very detailed. But he also says at the beginning that he put together an orderly account. He investigated. He interviewed people. Yep. Remember that? Yeah. Then throughout Luke's uh, uh, Christmas narrative, the, the nativity narrative, he says weird things like, and Mary didn't tell anybody this. She just pondered Pondered it in her heart. heart. Well, how the heck do you know about it, Luke? (laughs) (laughs) That's That's the question. Totally. It's because he interviewed her. Yeah. Yeah. It's because he had access to Mary and she's one of the people he talked to. So um, there's those types of reasons lend a lot of people to go. This is probably Mary's genealogy. Yeah. It's interesting to think about like I, 
this stuff is so interesting. There's so much to like dig into, but I love thinking about, I mean, there were individuals who sat down and wrote these accounts out and, Mm -hmm. and those individuals had to do research. They also, they, they knew people or they were living right alongside the Messiah that, and, uh, but as they're writing, there was probably a lot of collaboration that was going on during the time. And, and, you know, different sources will say, you know, Marx was the first to be written or Matthew or whatever, but um, probably there was a source that was written and then people knowing the, you know, accounts kind of played off one another and had, and used different ideas. And oh, I, for sure. It, it's interesting to consider the the idea, like what was Luke trying to communicate and to who and, mm-hmm. and Matthew as well. And thinking about, you know, the audience, Matthew's right. And like you said, all that stuff gives such yeah, interesting. Yeah, because it's to the Greeks. Right. Like, Matt, Luke's to Luke's the Greeks. Luke's to the Greeks, right. Totally. The other thing that I think is interesting is some people act like, Oh my gosh, 2,000 years later, look at what we've uncovered. You don't think the people who were reading both of these in the early church saw it? Are you totally. kidding me? Yes. Of course they right saw it. Right off the bat, right? But it was no problem for them because they knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a great point. That's, so we're 2,000 yeah, years yeah. removed. And so, I, I, yeah, it, it's not like, oh man, they really screwed that up. No, they, they saw it there and they had no problem with it because they knew about it. Well, yeah, and I think about the early Jewish aud- audiences that were just meditating on this Old Testament scripture and, and, and probably immediately recognized some of these things. But like you said, they, they had that context immediately. Yep. And so it just, it allowed for them to be able to move forward with the points that were being made in these gospel accounts. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's cool to see you like, I mean, I, th- I think it's fascinating how God works. So Jack and I has got a curse on him that God still withhold. I mean, he still upholds. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's very I, interesting. I, I, and there's, we could look into that line. I love that there's people in that line that maybe shouldn't be there. Right. There. Oh, and, yeah. and that kind of just hits us three in this room probably shouldn't yep. be here, but, but God just has yeah. so much grace and mercy on us. And well, you it, think about there's women mentioned in there's his women genealogy. Mentioned, Who, yes. Who's mentioned? Rahab. Yes. A prostitute. Ruth. Yeah. A Moabite. Moabite. Right. Yeah. I mean, this, that's, so you're telling me that he had Canaanite and Moabite blood in his veins when he shed his blood on the cross? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because mm-hmm. he's a God for all people. This is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it yeah. is. The Bible is just beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's fun to see that come together and uh, some of these things. So again, um, JT, so glad you could join us today. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to have you in again. Yeah. Um, appreciate that. And, and, and Robbie, thanks for kind of, again, making some of this stuff a little little more alive to us and understanding. And, and yeah, it's because like you said, like people back then would know like, oh yeah, that's why it says that. Yep. But we, we don't have that. Um, right. We don't have that context, we, yeah. do we? So um, it is the 20th and I hope you have a great Christmas week yeah. and uh, God bless you all and uh, have a good day. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.